Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. Chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the play, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got their lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that eye, I like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. I'm hopefully normally joined by my co-host Jake Anderson at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter. But if anyone's listened to us this offseason, we know Jake's been really busy and he has not yet been able to make it back to the podcast. But I'm going to do my best to keep holding down the crossroads by myself. We are, in fact, a member of the DLF family of podcasts. And we try to do things a little differently. We look at one player at a time, normally from both a film and a metrics point of view. Jake uh, handles the film. I handle the metrics or the numbers or the analytics and all the geeky stuff. With all the great podcasts out there from the DLF family of podcasts and others like the Dynasty Dummies, we just try to offer something a little different, like an in-depth perspective of one player at a time. So if this is the first time joining the Crossroads, sorry Jake isn't here to offer that argument or that counterpoint, but I'm just going to try and do what I do and come up with something useful. I do projections for Player Profiler, I'm doing weekly projections, I'm kind of in the midst of a lot of what's going on behind some of the big time scenes only on a small scale um, of trying to figure out what just happened and what it could tell us about week two so hopefully some of that might be useful while breaking down a particular situation i put a poll out on twitter asking what players should talk about and the one who won seems to have been christian kirk so i'm gonna try and focus on arizona and christian kirk's usage in week one and um, there's so much going on in the nfl and there's so many great podcasts to handle it that i i, I feel I have the luxury of letting you rely on the Dynasty Dummies, the DLF podcast. Uh, If you're just looking for some fun, Dynasty Game Night 
is a great podcast or if you're looking for some advice on who to trade for or how to trade for them in dynasty obviously the trade addicts podcast so i mean everything's covered let's let's see how it goes although i would say you know don't let preston williams having a fairly decent role week one in miami uh, go unnoticed uh, in amongst the you know all the 200 yard receiving deep threat games we had in week one or doubt that Malcolm Brown is definitely the person the running back in a committee with Todd Gurley right now and um, one of the things about volume is it's one of the most predictable things we have for any position and um, running back to wide receivers tight ends they all work a little differently and there's some simple rules we can use to help establish um, what's likely to happen in order to predict what might happen what's more likely to happen um, in the unknown future with running back usage is a little more tricky to predict in some ways because it's so it's more given is the way i say it like uh, you can find good stats good efficiency good metrics good tape on a player and then they don't get volume they just don't they never get the ball um lamar miller in miami was a constant surprise not that he's been wonderful um but he's been at least good um for houston until he was recently injured obviously or you can look at giovanna bernard who's just epically efficient and really good at playing football but you know the one the two times he got volume he ended up getting injured so maybe that is a reason but tracking stats that try to tell you which player is good so should get volume doesn't always work with running back but running back's also easier because once you see the split you can depend on it week to week more often running backs touch the ball simply in more situations and more consistently on a week-to-week basis because of the nature of the position so you can start leaning on that split a lot earlier um, and trusting it because the coaches are showing you their preferences and then you can just start breaking on games wide receivers their target share and volume is sticky it is the most predictable thing we have but based on game script, it varies wildly from week to week. And because of the nature of the position, touches are a lot more limited than someone playing a running back role or a lead running back role in the NFL. So they can disappear and come back and it can be a lot harder to depend on week to week. That's one of the difficulties um, between the two positions. But understanding the nature of volume, even with one week sample size and how it works within the position, I think can help us lead us some, to some trends earlier. It can offer us an edge and one of them's running back volume being more sticky more quickly because it's given more than it is earned not to say that running backs aren't talented or talented running backs don't earn opportunities but there's less we can rely on to distinguish them before the split or before the usage is shown to us on tape so what can we do with these volume rules with a one-week sample size well as always we're trying to look trying to offer something different right uh everyone's got a podcast everyone's got a podcast with a specific goal these days so by myself i was trying to think of something that i could use that would give you an extra edge while looking at a one-week sample size of you know the nfl is variance you know in week one for example a great way of looking at it is so the leading wide receivers in um receiving yards uh, so far and the, this the year of NFL 2019 is Sammy Watkins, Michael Gallup, Deshaun Jackson, Marcus Brown, DJ Chark, Terry McLaurin from Washington, um, Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas, John Brown, Cortland Sutton, Larry Fitzgerald, um, and DeAndre Hopkins. Only a few of those names kind of make sense to be at the top of a receiving yard board, right? Um, Ted Ginn was at the top of this list in one year. We know this isn't going to be consistent, that a one-week sample size isn't going to predict what's going to happen for the rest of the season, which brings out all the don't overreact 
comments on Twitter, on social media, on all your favorite podcasts. But you do have to react. And the ones who react quickest and most accurately are the ones who get the best edge. So there are reactions we want to have here. And so you want to try to break through and look for for an edge while looking at even just a one-week sample size. So what I've been doing as part of my process for thinking about what's going to happen in week two while making projections is I have, I've actually gone to the team level and I've broken down uh, various air yard stuff from airyards.com and I've looked at it per position um, but compared to team volume and just looked for any patterns that seem significant. I think interestingly since everyone or most people voted for Christian Kirk there's something really interesting about Arizona's usage right now. All off season we were talking about how Cliff Kingsbury was going to come in and offer all this volume and all this passing opportunity. Now, in week one, it looked really rough to start with. Kyler Murphy got off to a rough start, but really kicked it up a notch um, through the last two quarters, at least, of the game. Um, uh, it's really exciting week to watch football. I mean, that Packers game on Thursday really set us up thinking that uh, 2019 was going to be slow and lower scoring, and maybe it will be, but it's certainly not going to be less exciting. Um, uh, and I think the games on Thursday and Monday really proved that. But to go back to the Cardinals, um, if I organize, and I did, um, all teams by the amount of Whopper or weighted opportunity rating, it's a, it's a volume stat produced by AARs.com and Josh Hermsmeyer, which weights target share by team's market share of air yards. So essentially it's air yards adjusted target share. It tells you how valuable their target share was for their receiving yards, in other words. And what I did is I looked at that for the whole position at wide receiver. And if I organize um, all of the teams in the NFL by uh, the, the amount of volume going to wide receivers, the market share of Whopper is a calculation that I put in here. The top five, five teams are the Los Angeles Chargers, Arizona, Pittsburgh, Houston, and Minnesota. Now, none of these teams are a surprise that they're focusing or the large amount of opportunity, the percentage of volume and valuable volume is going to wide receivers, right? You've got Deshaun Watson, you've got Kirk Cousins with Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs, you've got Pittsburgh with uh, Juju Smith-Schuster with a phenomenal history of passing a lot, and Arizona, which is the team we're going to break into here, and Los Angeles Rams, who, again, have got three great wide receivers. We know that's going to happen. Um, or we expected to, where, but where so many things we didn't expect happened, maybe I shouldn't be using the term we knew that was going to happen, to be fair. But the thing I wanted to point out is Arizona definitely seems to be fulfilling their off-season promise of a lot of volume, and I think it might be missed if you're just looking at the player stats. So to compare Pittsburgh and Arizona, for example, they rank number one and two in just the sheer number of targets that were offered to the wide receiver position in week one. They also ranked one and two in total air yards in week one. Um, they ranked third and second in target share that went to wide receivers over other positions, but, and so on and so forth. So even though Juju Smith-Schuster's week one performance wasn't all that we might have hoped it to be, or Larry Fitzgerald who is, you know, immortal and absolutely really good at football, um, had a great week, and Christian Kirk and Keyshawn Johnson, surprisingly, most definitely the wide receiver three on this team, weren't everything some of us had hoped. The fact is that the level of volume going out to Pittsburgh and Arizona wide receivers, even through one week, 
is like exponentially more than all of those other top five teams. I mean, Minnesota's in this list of high volume going to the wide receivers in the passing game, but like Adam Thielen led the team with 30% of targets with three. They threw the ball 10 times. Now that can't keep up. So I think Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs, and if you look at both players, and they underperformed their pathetic small volume as well. So, you know, a little early to start throwing around the word regression, but they should definitely be doing a lot better in the weeks going forward. However, even compared to other teams who threw, you know, a respectable amount of passes, um, the sheer volume in air yards, the sheer volume of opportunity going to wide receivers for Arizona and Pittsburgh is exponentially. It's twice, almost twice the nearest contender for both teams. So in Arizona, they threw... Uh, a team air yards of 543 air yards. So the ball traveled from the line of scrimmage, from the quarterback, down the field, 543 yards if you total it all up. 480 of those yards went to wide receivers, so it wasn't getting sucked up that much by David Johnson, who running backs tend to get their targets close to the line of scrimmage. And tight end position really didn't fire, especially after they, you know, drop Ricky Seals-Jones, which was painful for my Scott Fishball team, at least. So to compare that to the Los Angeles Rams, who had three solid wide receivers who all did fairly well in week one and so on and so forth, and we know they're going to have a large amount of opportunity or target share going to their wide receivers, the Rams threw 257 air yards to their wide receivers, or rather 230 to their wide receivers and 257 overall. So Arizona and Pittsburgh were basically doubling the volume in terms of total air yards going out from the quarterback. And so the fact that a similar percentage of opportunity is going to wide receivers, and it's really high, they're in the top five uh, for the Rams compared to Arizona and Pittsburgh, they're the top three teams, and doesn't really tell you or doesn't really explain exactly how much more opportunity is simply being thrown out there for wide receivers to collect. So Pittsburgh's going to struggle with that Antonio Brown. Juju Smith-Schuster, as we've been saying all season, is going to be fine. There's just too much opportunity here, and he's going to dominate it. He's going to struggle on the outside, but not all teams can cover like the Patriots. Um, And he's going to get better at it, too, because he's a really good player. I honestly think um, that Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be just fine. Like, if there's any doubt um, because of his week one, maybe not being the top of the leaderboard, then um, definitely try and take advantage of that. Um, but to break into Arizona a little bit here, um, since that's the team Christian Kirk's on, um, their ranking's the same. They actually had, uh, I think, the highest amount of air yards simply going out from the quarterback. Yeah, they ranked number one in targets and air yards. So what happened actually on the team? Um, well, for one thing, and you know, just kind of have to own this, Christian Kirk, one of my favorite buys this offseason, a second-year wide receiver, and I'm really into second-year wide receivers this year, um, he had 12 targets. It started off slow. If you're watching the game, those targets seemed to all come after the team started to revitalize itself around um, around uh, Murray there after a, uh, after a rough start. But they did come eventually. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald only had 13 targets, and I say only. That's really great volume. Um, Keyshawn Johnson had 10. So that's three wide receivers getting over 10 targets from the same team. And if the air yards didn't do it for you, that should tell you exactly how much volume is going out to wide receivers on this team so what happened to christian kirk because he got eight fantasy points or 8.4 ppr points he only got four receptions his eraser or his efficiency it's an air yard measure of 
how efficient, how well he was turning um, air yards into receiving yards was terrible. It's 0.2, the average. An average normal wide receiver should average between 0.6 and 0.7, and that's on a yearly basis. So he had a bad game, very clearly had a terrible game. Just based on this one week of stats, he scored eight to nine fantasy points below expectation for the average player in week one based on his volume. And that's looking at both his target share and his share uh, and his whopper or his weighted opportunity rating. He was like nine points beyond what he should be if he was an average player this week. So you could start talking about regression. I would rather focus on the fact that all three of these players are getting phenomenal volume, especially week one. Um, and it's not just targets, it's air yards, and it's on a team level of, as well. So I I really think Christian Kirk is going to bounce back here. And don't under don't underrate Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn Johnson is a really good prospect. We talked about him this offseason when Jake was still on the podcast. So I advise you to go back and listen to some of our rookie conversations and rookie ranks for wide receivers about some of the reasons that we liked him. But Keyshawn Johnson was definitely clearly um, the third wide receiver on the team. And if you look at it in just overall volume, he's the third. Again, most of this opportunity was going straight to wide receivers in Arizona. And Keyshawn Johnson was right there just behind Kristen Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald. Now, it's just a one-week sample size, but we want to chase volume. And we definitely want to chase volume on what, through one week, seems to be a team set to throw an immense, like an amazing amount of air yards out there. Now, even if it regresses to something normal instead of week one, because it was a weird game streak. It was Kyler Murray's first game in the NFL. The game didn't go to plan. They really did have to pull it out of the hat um, towards the end of the game. So that's not likely to be the same game strict every week. But this team's, as far as we can tell just from what's happened through one week, this team's plan is to throw the ball a lot, and it's to get these three wide receivers deeply involved every game. Um, And also David Johnson is incredible. Just going to throw that out there while I can. So that's my story for Christian Kirk. I I, I wish it was more in-depth. I wish we could talk about why uh, he didn't necessarily look as good as he should have on this volume. But right now, especially early on, you just want to... Well, you always want to chase volume. Um, And I really think we can discount his efficiency this week... And just concentrating on exactly how many targets he was getting. And in general, targets are a talent stat as well. While we like efficiency, that can vary with matchup. That can vary game script, as I was just mentioning. Um, But those targets and the fact he was second on the team that's probably going to throw more simple air yards than most other teams this year... And that could be something really special for us, especially where he got eight points. And even if you didn't draft him, and the person who has him is probably, probably thinking less of him right now. And if they're not concentrating on the sheer number of, uh, the sheer amount of volume that's going around in this off. Um, That's what I see in Arizona right now. I see a team where you can definitely invest in, especially if you're playing Dynasty like me. Like, everyone loves Larry Fitzgerald, but they're always willing to get something good for him if you're throwing around picks. So, yeah, I, I think he's worth focusing on too. But Christian Kirk probably has the biggest um, doubt in people's mind right now, where he did only get eight fantasy points on 12 targets. Um, and he's got the longest, the best long-term value outside. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson as well, I guess, would have a similar long-term outlook if this team works out and it keeps up at least. 
But anyway, um, sorry, it's kind of a quick. It's one. It's one week. There's not a lot to go on, but I definitely think there's some team level volume trends here, which make Arizona and Pittsburgh players more interested. If anyone's a little disappointed with week one, all right, I gotta get out of here. I gotta grind more stats. I gotta make more projections. Um, I'm going on the Open Bar podcast tomorrow night. So I have to get everything done before then. And, you know, some sort of life thing in between here and there. So um, thanks for coming to the Crossroads and hanging out. Hopefully you found that interesting and maybe a little bit of a different take than you'll hear elsewhere. Because that's what I'm trying to do. Um, I hope you enjoyed it because I kind of do. Um, and I hope to see you again next week. Thanks very much. Hit me up on Twitter if you want to see that team level data or anything else. Or just, you know, tell me I'm wrong about Christian Kirk because you hate him. Or something like that. That'd be great too. Thanks very much, and I will talk to you again next week here at the Crossroads. You're at the Dynasty Crossroads that film and analytics create. The Dynasty Crossroads that film and analytics create. Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape. Dynasty Crossroads where film is everything The Dynasty Crossroads where numbers are the king There may not be consensus, but we'll give you everything